This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Kia ko Sam Tokuengua. My name's Sam, and I'm the Mayor of Selwyn District. People from all over Aotearoa New Zealand and the world have chosen to call Waikirikiri Selwyn their home. From the first settlers around Te Wahora Lake Ellesmere over 700 years ago, followed by the first wave of Pakeha settlers in the mid-1800s, to the newcomers of today. Each person, each face, each voice has a new story to tell. By listening to the Faces of Selwyn podcast, you'll hear the voices and stories behind these faces and celebrate with us the diversity of our district, New Zealand's fastest growing region. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the story. Kia ora koutou. Hello everyone. No mai harimai. Welcome to the Faces of Salmon podcast. My name is Hayley Tate, and today I am here with Maggie, who is helping me host. Uh, we also have with us Jeanne, yep. um, who's going to tell us about her story coming to Selwyn. Uh, but first, um, we'll learn a bit about Maggie. So Maggie is also a migrant here to Selwyn, having come over from Ireland. So Maggie, can you tell us briefly how you came to Selwyn and how you came on this podcast today? Hi. Um, so my family actually already lived in Selwyn and I was born in Lincoln. But then we moved back over to Ireland for a couple months before deciding to move back to Springston because my parents just decided that Selwyn was a better fit for them. Yeah. And I joined Selwyn Youth Council at the start of this year, and I was really drawn to the welcoming communities part of it. So yeah, that's how I came to be on this podcast. Mm-hmm. And do you find Selwyn quite different to when you were living in Ireland? Yeah, I don't really remember living in Ireland, but since we've been back, I found that Selwyn is a lot more welcoming, and it feels a lot more like friendly, and has more of a community vibe than over there. Yeah, cool. So now we'll talk to Jeanne and ask him a few questions and Maggie will also be asking some questions alongside me. Um, so the first question we have for Jeanne is what's hello in your national language? It's Ni Hao. So that's Chinese? Yes, it's Mandarin. Mandarin, yeah. yeah. Cool. And so now tell us a bit about yourself, your family and what you like to do in your free time. Cool. Um, well, first of all, thank you very much for having me today. You're welcome. And I think... Uh, I came here around uh, November 2013 for starting uh, in the Lincoln University. So that's the first time I arrived in Selwyn. And I started in agricultural science for about one year. I was a postgraduate diploma. And then I went to work uh, for the plant and food research as a casual. And then about 10 months later, they, uh, they offered me a permanent position in Hawke's Bay. So I actually moved up to North Island for about three years. And then uh, that job offered me the opportunity to travel around the North Island. So we did lots of traveling every year, just uh, doing sampling and stuff. So, and then there was the opportunity to move back. And I, I like Selwyn, I like Lincoln, this little town. So we moved back and with my wife and my little daughter, she's now 10 years old and uh, she's currently in Lincoln Primary School. And my wife just started work about two months ago. She actually started a precision agriculture master degree in Lincoln University last year, but she found it's not really what she really liked. So she quit halfway and then decided she wanted to be a chef. So she started 
the shift cost in Aura, uh, similar time like now, uh, last year. And then she graduated about months ago, and she's started working as a chef now. And we both love Selwyn, I think. What do you love about Selwyn? Um, I guess just like Maggie mentioned, it's the web of the community and the openness. Like uh, uh, the uni was actually established quite a long time ago. I think it's around nineteen nineteen, about a hundred a century years old. And I really think that helps the. Um, this area, not just Lincoln, the whole Selwyn to open up because you have so many international students came uh, came along and then the diversity just make people open their mind and try to learn other cultures. It's super different compared to the experience I had in Hawke's Bay. Mm-hmm. So the, the community in Hawke's Bay, I feel, is a little bit, um, a little bit tight. But it's changing a lot now. But I don't I still feel like Selvin is uh, feels a little bit sense of belonging, yeah. And you walk on the street and uh, you see some senior citizens walking their dogs and they will just smile at you or say hi. That really feels like a sense of uh, home. Yeah, I guess that's why that the most important reason we love Selvin, or especially in Lincoln. Yeah, because we haven't lived in other towns in Selvin. But Lincoln's sort of like your home. Yeah, I do feel Lincoln is. Uh, it's actually, I feel it's more home than my actually the, the hometown I born in China. Yeah, that's an interesting feeling because I remember a lot about six six years ago or so. I went back, uh, finished my study, and then got the job. Uh, everything started to settle down for for a small family in New Zealand, and then I went back home to visit my parents. The, the population, like, you know, in China, the population is huge. And when I get off the plane, I just feel a little bit overwhelmed. I said, oh, this is uh, so crowded compared to New Zealand. And then I feel everything is r- a little bit rushed because I'm, I'm used to this kind of uh, uh, slow work lifestyles. And then in China, everyone is so in a hurry. But when I come back, uh, when I came, came back to New Zealand, I feel a sense of home. That really makes me thinking, oh, which is my real hometown now? So I had a little bit of struggle at that time. But I think uh, I probably chose Selvin as as my hometown now. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Although all my direct, uh, like my parents, they're still in China. Very nice. So can you tell us a story of how you came to Selwyn? Um, I first came here as a student. Like, uh, I, I started in agricultural science in the Lincoln Uni, and um, like I mentioned before, I went to Hawke's Bay for a, a couple of years, and then I think uh, after their experience of traveling the uh, little towns around North Island, I think Lincoln is probably my favorite town in the country, and then we decide. So I actually talked to my manager, like, um, because the company, Plant and Food Research, we have all different research uh, branches uh, across the country. And I, it's usually quite flexible to where we locate it. It doesn't really matter if we're still in the company. So I talked to my manager, I want to move back. And then there was an opportunity, so we just moved back. Mm. Mm. So um, what made you decide to come to New Zealand in the first place from China? 
Uh, it was a very... Uh, this question actually has been asked many of my colleagues as well. There was a tough time. Like, uh, when we graduated from the the uni, like, uh, we, we had our little daughter straight away. And then we moved to... So the uni we, we went was in the middle of China, so it's called Hubei, and the, the university called Yangtze University. And then after we graduated, we went to Beijing. As you know, there's uh, more than 20 million people living there in the city. And then we couldn't have time to look after my daughter. So we have to do a little bit of separation. My, my parents, they are like uh, 10, uh, they're uh, 1,000 kilometers away in my hometown. So we, have, we don't have time to look after Amy. That's my daughter's name. And then my parents look after her. So we have to do this separation thing. I was working a little bit like a zombie, I guess. I got up very earlier to catch a subway and spend two hours on the, in the subway to, to work. And then on a the similar time on the way home. Every day we spend lots of time on the commute, commute. And my wife is the same. And then one day we said, this is not the lifestyles we want to experience. Because I guess you have that little bit uh, depression. And <clears throat> luckily, my wife, she's still awake. I was like working as a zombie. Like I just so used to it. And everybody around us is basically doing the same thing. And she was uh, still like um, communicated with other his friends. I don't really have, um, I was quite a reserved guy and not really engaging with any um, social social events and but she like uh, we have this opportunity that like, she has a friends in australia and then her friends helped us to purchase some milk uh, infant formula for my for our daughter and then she by accident she discovered like her friends is actually <clears throat> just did a bakery it was a still like 20 uh, 15 years ago she did started in bakery and then got a job in Perth in Australia, and then she used that job as a uh, skilled migrant, and then they got residency in Australia. And then she mentioned, like, if Beijing is not ready for us, maybe we could try go somewhere else. So that's when we start to look into which country we can to and try just try um, some alternatives instead of living in this crowded city and we don't really feel any uh, belongings signs of belongings, and we have to separate from our families. So we did a little bit of research, and because we started in agriculture, so there was uh, actually three cultures, uh, no, no, sorry. Three countries? Three countries mm-hmm. come in the top. It was uh, Canada, Australia, and New Zealand. And Canada was a bit too cold for my wife because she came from a very warm region. Mm-hmm. And she Her body just doesn't cope with uh, cold. I was okay. And then Australia, uh, we... we we saw some like um, articles, and we asked a few friends like in the time. By the time like um, when we decide to go overseas, uh, Australia was a little bit emphasized on the mining industry. So the agriculture industry is actually uh, not the top priority for their for that government, I think. And then we said, oh. New Zealand is the only developed country in all the OECD countries um, relies on agriculture as the main economic driver. So we said, oh, New Zealand is probably our best bet. So, and we 
And then after that, we decide either Massey University or Lincoln University. That's the only two agricultural universities. I can I have a qualification to start a, a postgrad degree. And then I applied both, actually. But I did, never heard feedback from Massey University. So Lincoln was quite engaging. I, I guess that it's also that Lincoln University is a smaller university and the... the the administrators and the professors are very engaging. And I emailed a couple of professors. That I almost got like a feedbacks instantly. Yeah, that was the, the whole story why we chose uh, came to New Zealand at first place. Yeah. What did you find difficult about moving to New Zealand? Well, that was seven years ago. It's not actually very different, uh, very difficult. It's actually super easy because... Um, the immigrate policy was very uh, open at the at the moment, not like um, at the moment is is closed. But for an international student, just for starting, it was super super smooth. I didn't find any difficulty. But I after I came here, the culture shock was very very strong. I do because uh, although we started English very early in China, like uh, I started to learn English when I was in year five. That was like, I was 12, maybe. And we learned lots of reading, grammar, and writing, and listening, but not lots of uh, speaking. So I basically, I couldn't speak a whole sentence when I came to New Zealand. So I have to went through, I had to go through a three months English course. Even though like uh, when I first started uni uh, to listen the lectures, I can't figure out what he was talking about or she was talking about. So it took me about three or two, six months to really adjust my thinking logic or the... Um, it's not the thing like I can't understand the English word. It's the logic. I think that was quite a shock because often I feel like uh, we're talking in, in the opposite way. For example, if I say... Um, I had breakfast this morning, but it will be in China, like, uh, it will be like, uh, I don't know how to describe it. It's not a very good so example. Breakfast I had this morning instead of I had breakfast this morning. Is that yeah. how it would be like? Yeah, kind yeah. of. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's this uh, opposite uh, thinking logic. I really, I was really struggle. It took a lot of mm. time to adjust. Mm. Yeah. How else is uh, China and New Zealand different from each other? Well, it's, it's very different, I guess. Uh, the first thing is the culture. It's super different. Like, um, But I guess recently I experienced a lot of um, Maori culture. Mm. I guess in Maori culture, there's a sense of family. It's very similar to the Chinese culture. Like uh, in China, for my family, we are quite a big family. Like my parents, they have... Uh, I can't, I can't remember how many siblings they have, but I'm the only child. But uh, as a family, as a whole, we often put the family interest the first place. Like then you come to, oh, what do you really want to do instead of the family interest? Like my father, he really uh, basically just forced himself to do whatever that is good for the whole family. And then he doesn't really have any hobby or doesn't really know what he wanted to do when he was young. But um, 
Oh, that was kind of actually the first when I first graduated from the uni. He was kind of doing the same thing. Like, if you want to have a good life, you have to listen to me. Like the abeness of the senior、uh, family members in the whole family is was is still quite strong. But I think it's greatly changed. I guess it's different in the New Zealand culture. You don't force your kids or you don't force. Anyone to do what they don't want to do, you listen their free will, and you let them decide what they really want to do, rather than purely focus on family interests.、Mm. But the younger generation in China, they have this freedom because I guess、um, China is changing a lot recently in the last ten years, and everything started changing. All my friends, they they don't really listen to their parents anymore. <laughs> And they give their kids a freedom to choose what they really want to do because they have this,、um, I guess the 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 financial basic to do what they really want to do. But in the like、uh, when I was a kid, my parents they working very hard try to provide me that freedom, the basic financial、uh, support,、mm-hmm. but they couldn't,、mm-hmm. uh, or they don't know how.、Mm-hmm. Yeah,、uh, that's that's a、uh, that's one difference, I guess.、Um, there's some other difference. I I think in terms of technology in China is as as a little bit advanced, or as I co- the so the、uh, the cashless payment、mm. seven no six years ago when I went back、uh, I, when I, when I went back China I still carrying cash so I have to the first thing I got off plan I withdraw some money. From the ATM machine because I think I need it. That's like, a,、um, I don't know. It's like a, I was still living in the Stone Age maybe. And then when I would go to the shop, no one use cash. When I hand over a one hundred Chinese yuan note, people will or、uh, the the cashier just say, "I don't have any changes for you. Can you pay by WeChat or can you pay pay by any other form of payment?" Because I was.、Uh, So that was a big shock for me,、mm. and I guess that's the,、uh, another thing. Like、uh, China doesn't really have that、um, credit card exp-、uh, period, so it jumped from cash to this、uh, web technology straightforward. So、mm. we only have a short period of time of、uh, credit card payment, like the card payment, and then. Everyone find out、uh, this cashless or or the phone is so convenient. So why we still use the card to carry a card? Because if you can just use your phone to do everything, you don't want to carry extra wallet just for losing it.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, that the technology is definitely. And then another thing I feel very different is the public transportation.、Mm-hmm. Like in China, it's a、uh, it's super expensive to afford a car, especially in Beijing, and. It's super cheap to take public transportation. When I was in Beijing, that was two thousand. We arrived around two thousand ten, just after we graduated from the uni. The government, the local government, actually subsidized the subway, so you can yeah just pay like、uh, the equivalent of zero point four dollars New Zealand dollars to travel the whole city. Wow. That is cheap. <laughs> very cheap. Yeah, they increase they increase the the、uh, the fee about 
six or five or six years ago because the local government think uh, uh, people get more salary. Mm. So they don't have to subsidize it. And it's not sustainable for a local government keep subsidizing the mm. public transportation. But it's still reasonable cheap. Like, mm. uh, it's cheaper than here, I'd say. It's definitely cheaper. <laughs> I guess it, it's just not sustainable for everyone to have a car. And in a such small area, it's just too crowded. I mean, especially with how many people are living there. Yeah. Did you say 2.8 million? or 20. How? By the time, 20, yeah. By 20 the, million. Yeah, 20 million is probably a very old figure in my memory, but mm. it's still a lot of people. It's probably more than 20 million now. <laughs> I would say so. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Are there times when you miss China? Sometimes I do. I miss the food. <laughs> That's... That, sorry. Oh, what's your favorite Chinese dish? Like, what do you, what food do you miss specifically? Uh, I have to admit uh, I'm a meat eater because I always uh, joke on my mom like uh, when I was a kid they didn't offer me enough meat so I always miss meat and because the the time when I was a kid uh, my parents they're still working really hard we we live like a, a just a basic needs we don't really have meat and meat was super expensive when I was a kid mm. and like every time when I had a poke a poke was uh, the my meat in my hometown uh, what I sort just, of meat is that? Is that like, um, what animal is that from? Uh, pig. Pig. Okay. Sorry, oh, I, pork. it's poke. Yeah, sorry. Sorry for my pronunciation. Um, I heard poke, like Pokemon. No, 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 no. It's, yeah. Pork. Is pork. that right? Yeah, pork. Pork. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, pork from pig. Yeah, that's that was the main meat uh, we had. We rest, I think it was uh, still the main meat we had in my hometown. <laughs> We had lots of uh, Chinese cabbage as uh, in my childhood, as I can remember. Yeah, and I was so had so uh, enough of this Chinese cabbage, and I just seems hiding. And then when I came to New Zealand, I said, "Oh, the meat is so popular and cheaper mm. compared to the vegetable here." And I just have meat, uh, have the 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 meat constantly in New Zealand, but it feels different. I guess as uh, it's not the meat is different, I guess. It's just the way of cooking. And I don't know how to cook, but my wife, she can cook. Mm. And I guess that that kind of missing of the food is uh, starting to wearing off a little bit uh, because as my wife started to become a chef and she gradually... Uh, Get better of those skills, and she cook very similar to the to the Chinese food. Mm. Mm. Is there anything else you'd like to add, like talk about in this podcast? <laughs> uh, not particular. I guess I, I really I really appreciate this opportunity mm-hmm. you offer me and try to I can I'm sharing my story because I do think. Um, there is a, at least uh, when I was in the uni, there is there was this um, perception, like Chinese people doesn't really want to engage with local community, and I do feel uh, sometimes we are quite reserved. The reserve is like uh, in the Chinese culture, we don't want to bother or trouble other people, especially when the language is a big barrier, and. 
but after I start my English, start a little bit progress,、uh, make a little bit improved. I start to think、uh, maybe I should be more proactive and then just try to、um, share the share our feeling. With the community, so we can start the conversation and start to understand each other.、And、I do feel like a self and the openness of this the region.、Uh, really try to, I can try to. Oh, I try to search the the correct English word, but、oh, it's really hard. Try to include you. Yeah, you? yeah, yeah, yeah. Include. Yeah, and really make us feel inclusive and、uh, do. Um, feel like want to share the story and then make other Chinese people to share their story. Maybe encourage not not make encourage other people to share their story. Maybe not just the Chinese community, but other other migrants migrant community. Yeah. yeah, to share their story so local people like you、um, can understand where we come from, and then we can understand. Your perspectives, your perceptions about us,、mm-hmm. then we can together. I think we can make、uh, not just the region, the the whole New Zealand culture more diverse and more inclusive. I think that's the right term, right? Yeah, yeah, inclusive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. inclusive. Yeah, that's that's probably about it.、Hmm. I think that's a wonderful reason to join us in on Faces of Selwyn. Um, the fact that you want to inspire others to speak up and share their story with、um, the rest of the population—I think that's that's awesome. Thank you. <laughs> so, thank you for your time today, Jun, and thank you, Maggie, for coming in and、um, joining me asking questions. Thank you. <laughs>、um, yes, and it was fanta-、uh, fascinating learning about your country and how you came here.、Um, now, last question for you today is: What is goodbye in your national language, in Mandarin?、Oh. 再见，再见，再见。Yeah, the same like my name. Ah, the Jian pronunciation is the same, but different character. 再见，再见。Yes. Can you say it, Maggie? Um, 再见。Good. Thank you. All right. So that's all we have for today. Um, thanks for tuning in to Faces of Someone podcast. Uh, everyone, I hope everyone has a great day. Kia pai tērā.